0: It's your girl, Elle, corporate in-house designer, and I just want to do my job.
1: Hey, y'all. It's Kay, your favorite public health nerd, being black as hell at work. Hey,
2: all you beautiful, brilliantly bold black women.
1: It's your girl, V, here doing my own unlearning while educating folks in the process. And And we're clocking clocking in to talk all things being black at work. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Clocking In podcast. Um, it's your girl K V and L. We're here again to talk all things being black at work. But of course, we always have to start off
2: with how was your week last
1: week? So, ladies, how was your weeks?
2: V, you want to go first? Yes. Um, last week, actually, this week hasn't been too bad at all. Um, super productive. It's amazing what you can get done if you write it on a list. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a go with the flow kind of person, guys. So I generally don't do lists. But in this last year or two of life, I have been writing things down and actually been getting them done. So it's been going really well. My kids have been doing pretty great. Uh, we do have testing that we're doing. So things like that are, like, are happening in the classroom. But it's been so good. So good. What about you, L?
0: Aesthetic. I'm in the process of taking care of just adult stuff, like trying to move, trying to trying to get my finances together. Like just just making strides in in the world of adulting. It ain't fun though. I will say, <laughs> like, ain't nobody told us it was gonna be this hard. <laughs> What about you, Kay?
1: Uh, nobody told us that the road would be easy, um, but he didn't bring us this far to leave us. Um, no, my week was good. Always busy. I think that, um, and I have echoed this several times on the podcast, but and I don't know when I'm going to stop saying it, but it's been five years of me trying to really do good work and a whole bureaucracy not allowing that to happen. So I'm really, really glad to be in a space that I get to put out good work and me and my manager, who is the founder of my center at our, at our organization, um, really glad to just be in a space where we're in alignment and we just doing work. Like you say, you're going to do a project, you start the project, you do the things that you should do, you complete the project and then you release the results. Like, that's just what you do. It's just work. Like you just do work. So that's exciting. I also, um, we are also in the midst of adulting and this whole getting out of student loan debt pictures and and people are getting vaccinated and the world is turning the corner on, I hate this this phrase, but a new normal. Um, People are asking us now to start traveling places just for like Let's just go travel, not for like a wedding or a baby or anything like that or a funeral. And so we're having to turn stuff down, but um it's gonna be worth it in the end. And so I completely understand. Adulting you know what? I won't say adulting's for the birds because I would not want to be a I, I would not want to be back as a child any day, like depending on nobody. I don't have no problem paying bills, but I do agree with you when it comes to making decisions sometimes, that should be for the birds. For real.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough because it's just like, especially when it's, I think it's more, in, I don't know this for from experience, but just observing you and your family, at least you have someone to like kind of partner with you on those decisions. Right now, it's just like, it's just me solo dolo. If I bring uh-huh. somebody <laughs> to like, you know, I talk to my mom and that's helpful, but at the same time it's like, I mean she's never lived in Portland like, you know, the, the standards for things are, are much different from Texas it, it's just like it's it's really falling down to me and what I want at the end of the day
2: now adults and it's the bills for me I don't want to <laughs> pay them like. I know you're like, I'm okay with that. I don't want to pay these things. I want to pay these things that I've actually signed up to pay. That's what the problem is for if me. If I
0: could just have a little bit more money and not feel stressed about paying the bills, then maybe I'd be all right with the bills. Pretty much all the bills is auto on auto pay. So I don't be missing though. No Sometimes
2: they don't be like that because I just don't trust it. <laughs> I just don't like auto
1: pay. I have control issues. Like, I want to click the click. I want to click the button that plays, pays the whatever. I just have, I don't know. that.
2: No, I want to have the money to hit auto pay. That's my problem. I want to have the money for the auto pay. See, both of y'all not seeing where I'm
3: coming from. I'm coming from this you corner. Me. You, you see where I'm? I'm, I'm from a different at? side. I used
0: to not do the auto pay because I'm like, well, I may or may not have it on the 15th, so I don't know. <laughs> so, but now I'm just like, I'd rather just do it so I don't be forgetting about stuff. But, right, right, right. Yeah, like, because I mean, it's nice to not have to check your account when you know you, like, when you get paid. You know, you used to be do that when you was just, like, young and especially part time. And, like, oh, let me check my account. Did, did my payroll come through? Now I don't really do that. And it's nice, but yeah, that's
2: but. so true. Like once I think salary, like once you get to that career and it's that salary is already set and you know what you're gonna get every month or every two weeks, you, mm-hmm. I don't check it unless I'm like, okay, I know this unexpected thing needs to be paid for. Let me see if that lines up and let me budget yeah. it real quick. That's the only time. But other than that, there are some things that are literally on automatic. That thank God they are like insurance because if you was gonna ask me every month to make sure that was paid. Baby, it's it's bad. So, my car note isn't on automatic, and I need to put it on automatic because there are so many times I know that my auto company, my auto finance company, probably thinks this is a broke. Oh, like she broke. Why she ain't paying? And then it's like, yeah, I had it. My bad. I. I forgot to pay y'all. Y'all see, didn't cross like my mind. See, I forgetful
0: things because then you get penalized for them. For, like I literally just charged it. To that becomes money. an
2: extra
1: bill. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I don't need no fees, shorty. No fees.
1: Well, see, and you hit the nail on the head, though. It's different. It's different for me. Only, only two reasons. I was um, before I even moved out on my own. Before me and my husband moved in together and got married, I was already paying. Like bills, bills at my parents' house, like upwards of a thousand dollars because they had a huge light bill that was. If if you're listening, you know Texas electricity is it's, it's ridiculous, high. um and so I took that bill on and then I paid a little other scrappy things, but so I learned to like really put myself on a type A schedule that I do with everything else. But when it comes to now, like really on an adulting tip. It's easier for for me, like you said, the privilege that I have of making decisions with somebody else that knows my situation. Like you said, your mama don't live in Portland. Your mom, your your cousin, your we us we don't live where yeah. you are. We're not experiencing the And that's the thing the not things. being helpful. It's just it's, it's just, just a different. It's different to make decisions, adulting decisions with someone who shares in your experience because mm-hmm. you can. That's that's real shared decision decision making between the two of you. You can say like, okay, we decided. Let's say, for instance, we're going to put five thousand dollars towards the debt this month. Okay, that's got to come from somewhere. So the extra here, and then the extra here, and then we're going to move mm-hmm. from what we would usually like to spend on some, you know, like I want to go get a bunch of plants. Can't do that because that's that's our goal. But it's easier to say we're both in this, not versus and I'm trying to make might, that uh, decision. Holds you accountable too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I completely understand that. Anyway. Well today uh we we are here to talk about some things and we hope this resonates with y'all because it has resonated with me resonated with VNL and I I don't want it to sound like we are bashing older black women or we are against those that came before us. But we really, it's really different to work in an environment with a Black manager, especially an older Black woman, who it seems like is intimidated by you or out to get you or really on a tip of, you. I struggled, so you have to struggle as well. And we're here to talk about that experience today. I don't even know how to start because I got a lot of wounds from that.
0: Girl, <laughs> so, all,
1: I'm still scabbing over. You know. Listen, but. I don't. Even, I ain't found a good ointment for it yet. Like <laughs> I haven't. You know what I mean? It's like therapy is not enough because you feel like it'd be your own people. It be.
2: And that's own. that's where the struggle be uh, for me is. I, I'm okay when it's it's Karen and Susan doing it. But then when it's I'm you, okay, but I I'm not okay, but I'm almost like, I'm talking, I know what to expect from Karen and Susan. They not hear from me because we not, we not people, but when it's you and you're doing it. And the thing is, I think I'm more so upset because it gives off a, uh, so I had a black principal once um, and actually I had a black uh, director at a daycare that I worked for. And it was, it wasn't even, intim- I don't know what it was. It wasn't intimidation. It was more so Crabs in the barrel mentality. I have gotten to this peak in this point. I've done all of this work and here you come at the bottom of the barrel trying to climb up too. And it's almost like a uh, climbing on top of you or like, but I wasn't coming for the same things that you're coming for. So I always tend to tell people that too. Like I have goals in life and um, a lot of you already know I am trying to go abroad. I did receive a contract this week. Yay me. So in that, in having to even approach Black women in the setting of uh, like getting in inboxes and checking on if the school is good or whatever, to come across so much pushback on what you're doing and you not coming for the same job that they have, or even if you are, but you just want a heads up. I don't understand how we continue as a people to kind of make the, well, I struggled. I want you to go through the same exact struggles so that you can get where I'm at because then you feel like Almost like my wounds are invalid if somebody else don't struggle the way I did. You know, like it's not, and that's not cool because it should be, I did this struggle. I paid the dues so you don't have to. Come on, like Jesus, you know, I didn't did it. So you ain't got to. But instead they like, that's not me, baby. That's not me. I'm Paul. You asking for the wrong one. Okay. I'm Peter. Uh, Not Paul. Not Peter. Move along. Okay. So it's, it's a real iffy point to come to where you're like, I'm seeking this help, but you don't want to give it because you think. I should go through the same loops, hoops, barrels, and rolls that you went through. So upsetting. Because then you do go and do the research and you kind of looking like, I could have skipped over A, B, and C. I could have skipped over all of that and gotten to this point. It's not that I'm trying to skip it because I'm trying to feel entitled to skipping it. It's because you already know there's an easy way to do it. It's there's heartbreaking. A, it I think it's
1: more, it, it's it's heartbreaking because like from my previous position having a black manager whom I reported to she didn't fight for me in ways that the white women were fighting for me and it was like what is going on and my now my mentor my main top dog mentor is obviously black and one of her her biggest things was sometimes you have to realize that even though these people have been in the game for 20 plus years or whatever You are going to sit at tables that they're never going to be able to touch the doorknob of the room to. And you just have to realize that even though they be our own people, sometimes you're going to sit at tables they're not even going to be able to look at. And you have to navigate being, uh, what do they call it? a subordinate or, or a team member of managers like that and realize that you rise to the occasion and you never grow weary and doing good and you keep going, but it's still heartbreaking every day. Like you show up every day. And this, one of the things that I hated so much was, um, that's not my job. That's not my job. That's not my job. That's not my job. job." Well, whose job is it? You are the senior director. Mm -hmm. Whose job is it? If it's not yours. If 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 they come to you and ask you to do this and you don't know how to do it, you just hold up the fucking sky if it's falling. You figure it out. You see what I'm saying? And And that does nothing for the black woman that came up under us on our team because then they see a bad example of really working hard and trying to do something for the community. And so I took it upon myself when I became a senior manager to just say, you know what? We, I'm, I'm going to teach them a different way. Regardless of whatever fuck she's doing up here in her position, I want to show them a different way. And I want to show them uh, if we're going to actually make change for our community and health equity, we're going to do the thing and we're going to uh, bring each other along
2: in it. You know what I mean? And that's the part too. Like I really think it's the simple, it's the support. I'm looking for the support. And you said it just a second ago when it's the white women helping, yo, it shakes my world how many, when I look at my, um, my resume or my CV, I look at also my references and I see how many white folks are on there that are getting me through these doors. And it could have been the folks that look like me. And it could have been giving me a heads up on what it's going to look like on the other side. Cause also I'm not looking just for, I'm not looking for a handout. But I am definitely looking for you to tell me what to expect when I get into that room where that table is at. Tell me what what I'm here to expect, Like how, how I'm going to be treated. Because especially as black women, you know, you already know that double minority that's happening to you. You already know being that woman and being black. There is something else that we experience that I'm not going to. So when these white people who are my references tell me, oh, we'll expect this in this job. Susan, you got treated that way. Because you are a white woman, I'm going to get treated a little differently when I step into this room. So I need someone who's going to be upfront with me and be honest with me about what the expectations are, not the handout. Because I mean, even still, you're not really giving me a handout if I am actually qualified. If I've gone out here and done the work, I didn't, you're not handing anything to me. I've done the work to get it. You're just helping me understand what's expected of me now that it's been handed to me. So I don't understand why it's a pushback on that. It's just the lack of support that shakes me up every time because I'm always floored that it's your own people.
0: Well, my experience was uh, a little bit different in the sense of how um, my manager, who I worked for, I've only really had one Black female manager, I believe. And and that and that's saying because that's like pretty common just given my industry like it's very white male dominated in design um and and that's all industries of design for the most part but um yeah her uh approach was under support like you know that was her whole guise is like you know i want to make sure my team reflects who i am and what i look like and making sure like you know um we grow our team in terms of diversity. And this was when I was working in the auto industry and our studio for color materials was the most diverse team probably in the entire design. Um, uh, What do you, I guess our, we had like a separate like node, like it was like special access. Everybody couldn't get up in there. You know what I mean? So like out of all the teams, we're talking about exterior design, interior design, UX, UI, all the, like, cluster lighting, everything, like, color materials was the most diverse team, period. And and that was, like, a nod to her. Like, that's how she, you know, moved. And that's how she recruited me. Like, she, I, I, like when I was in SCAD, like, she came down with a group of uh, other design chiefs or design um, directors um and on the, like wanted to make sure that she was getting like the best talent. So they went to all the top design schools and um I was going off her internship, didn't get the internship, but got called back like a couple months later like and she's like, hey, I figured you might want like a full-time job. like so of course I'm thinking like I'm grateful, you know, I'm like, this is a good opportunity like though I, d- I was disappointed to not get the internship, you know, I'm glad that she saw it. Like, at least I was thinking she was seeing long-term, like, my skills and assets for the team. But after the honeymoon was over, because there definitely is a honeymoon period in any job, but um, after the honeymoon was over, it was definitely, like, some shady stuff. Like, to the point where you're questioning not only, like, my skills and talents as a designer but I'm questioning like who I can trust um she would sow seeds of doubt and like trust against one another I wasn't the only black person on the team there was like uh at least three of us plus another intern who was black at one point and then she's black uh we had people represented across all races, international ethnicities, like, we had people who are of Asian descent, um, Slavic descent, like, Eastern European, all that kind of stuff. Everybody was pretty much, we was we was the, the melting pot, for sure. But that came at a cost for her, like, like she was able to tout that as, like, look at what I'm doing, but at the same time, she used it against us, like, to try to keep us in these, like, Keep us in line, basically. And um, if we got to, like, me and my good friend, who we're still friends to this day. She's no longer with that company. She works for another brand. Um, and I've shouted her out on this show before. But, um, you know, we became really close. And she saw that as a threat. And so she chose to just have lies, like, being fed to eat both of us um, to the point where we were like, you know, and it's not just like on a personal level; it's professional too. Like, you know, like oh, like, well, don't talk to this vendor, don't talk to this partner. Like, I mean, it's not just the politics; like, we're now affecting like our actual business. And so that was the 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 struggle that I started to see unravel, and and at the same time, she wanted to create this closeness, this un like very unusual like outside relationship where. She was really into health and fitness, and she was like doing all these like you know shakes and videos and then she would bring that in and expect us to like contribute to her side hustle, which was very like uh, <laughs> you know no, no, very much a a conflict of interest, so it was just all these things like at one point I went in and even like helped her dress shop for her mother mother the mother the groom dress and this was like on a mother's day and it was like so odd because me and my friend also went with her and we were like afterwards I felt really uncomfortable because I'm like well damn like that was mother's day this is your wedding your son's wedding I don't even know your son like this is weird just too much so um yeah it was under the guise of trying to like befriend you I'm gonna do what's best for you I'm gonna show you the ropes. but then listen but then at Listen. the other, at the end of it, you're really
1: out to get me. Mm-hmm. So. And that was my situation too. It was twofold. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I don't do that, but I'm also going to stop you from doing that. So a lot of times people would approach me and say, hey, we need you to come on this thing for health equity, but we don't think so-and-so would let you do it. Mind you, in the back of my mind, first of all, if y'all know anything, y'all don't know anything about <laughs> our my program, right. but it changed so much in the from 2018 to 2020 all the way through 2020 those two years that program changed so much to the point where we could not do anything like we weren't doing any work but the only thing we were doing was strategizing all the time talking about doing the work instead of doing it and so I'd be like when they would tell me oh so-and-so is not gonna let you do it so-and-so said you couldn't What the fuck? Not not only are you stopping us from doing other good work across the organization, but you're stopping me from gaining valuable experience and and building my network. I didn't have an opportunity to talk to potential funders because of you being threatened or wanting to have my brain all to yourself, whatever it was under the guise of, Oh, I'm going to pray for you every time something comes up. Y'all know my 2020 was really treacherous with this pandemic. Every time something came up, every time someone passed away from COVID-19, you know, prayers here, prayers, 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 but you're not helping me advance in my career. Mm -hmm. You understand? Like what it, it got, it was really bad in the beginning because I am used to, with my mentor and my previous manager before her holding them accountable to what we agreed on as a team and, and not in a, not in a nasty way, not in an unkind or unprofessional way, but literally stating the words like, well, this is what we agreed to. So can you tell me why we've, you know, changed course? I did that once home girl, my black manager accused me of insubordination. I said, I don't ever, feel like I'm in a position where I can't hold my leadership accountable. And maybe you and I need to come to another point where we're communicating differently because this isn't going to work. Then on top of that, there was one time where she, when um, I was vying for promotion and vying for a salary increase, I need you to tell me what you need to work on and what you uh, what is it? Something like, what do you need to work on that you are experienced that you haven't had here that you need to get experience in, and then we'll work on that towards getting you promoted and getting a raise. And the one thing that really struck me about that was all of the stuff before she even got to the organization, all of the stuff that I had brought to the organization prior to that. Um, and I literally just wrote down. I typed up a list of achievements and contributions, four pages, four full pages, single spaced, of everything that I had done for the org and that team. You're not gonna play me.
2: Right. Hello. Check this out. The list. Check it out. This is what Check I contributed. It.
0: That is that is so familiar, and then at the same time, it's just like it's frustrating because it's like I'm not singular in it, and and that's why i'm glad we're having this conversation cuz this this one actually has been on the books for a while y'all we just been trying to figure
3: mm-hmm.
0: out how to just be able to t- speak to it in a frame in a in a on a platform that is just not i'm not just we're not mad bashing about it and i'm not yeah. bashing about it but this is like a real shared pain against amongst black women which is which is really just disconcerting like it is it is hard. it just it hurts my heart because, like, even this—the this stuff that um you were talking about on the documentation side—like, um, there is things that, and I, I, I probably learned this lesson a little too late in my situation at that time about documenting a, about certain behaviors, but there is things that I would be asked to do that were just so unethical. Like, I would be asked to go attend meetings basically spying on my team about senior members and at the time I was a a contractor so I wasn't even a direct hire full-time employee for the company I was working through a third party um, on assignment and so that was also just a really difficult position to be in because one I'm like I'm a contractor I really don't have as many protections as a full-time employee and you want me to go attend a meeting to spy on someone who's been here 40 plus years because you don't trust her. And and granted, that person that she was, like, concerned about, she had, she had some valid concerns, but then to put me in it was just completely inappropriate. And not only did she do that, like, make me, like, start doing that for her, she started making me do that for, like, my peer peers like we've been we started at the same time we here you know what I mean it was just Mm -mm. so uncomfortable and like I would try to find like you know I'm witty I can like kind of talk myself out of stuff but I'm like my wit didn't help me in this situation like you know was one time she asked me to go to she had went to the restroom and like our restroom was like kind of not close to us but there's a conference room by the restroom and this individual who she had like she's an older white woman and basically I think she, bottom line, she was kind of upset she didn't want to work for a black woman and I think she really expected to get promoted and that's why um you know they had beef but it, it turned into more things and then there's my peer who we started literally within a week of each other and they were meeting talking about like exterior paint developments like just just trying to get understanding cuz this woman has been here for, for 40 years she has a lot of knowledge even if she's crass and makes inappropriate comments and has an issue with black people or whatever like she still has a whole wealth of knowledge and so my <clears throat> my peer was meeting with her and she's like she came for the restroom and she felt so intimidated and worried and she's like I need you to go to, like, pretend to act like you're going to the restroom so that you can find out what they're meeting about. And I'm just like, like, literally comes to my shoulder, like, in and we have an open studio. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm just trying to open up my morning emails, get my coffee together. Like, this is just beyond bad behavior. And I was like, well, don't you have access to their calendars? Can't you see if, you know, (laughs) I'm pretty sure you could see what they're meeting Is about if they had to book a room to sit down and talk. You know what I mean? Like it just made no sense. So I tried to like
2: use that logic. That's a different kind of overstep that like I'm not comfortable with. You you're putting me in a position for me to then have there's some mistrust now. I'm mistrusting you. Then I I don't want any mistrust from my own peers, and you're putting me in that predicament. Something about you ain't right. It ain't settling right with me. It ain't sitting right with me. It, it, Something's nothing, not right. Nothing about
0: that was right. And like, I had to pretend like I was going, like, I just walked and I didn't even bother going in the room. I just like, I just like, we literally walked away to pray. I'm just like, I can't believe this Lord, please check her. Like, I just can't even buy, like, this is how I'm mourning is starting. And then it made me think back to all the other times that I've been in meetings about my programs or vehicles or whatever that were like. I was heavily involved in, and like somebody from my team just popped up in the meeting and that like never really had nothing to do with my meeting but like that is the kind of stuff like it wasn't just me like she would use that weaponize that against everybody which was just such a, a irritating thing like just bizarre.
1: it's insane It's insane, and it gives you a level of insecurity that you already don't need in your job because as Black women, like we talked about last episode, we deal with imposter syndrome. We've got a double minority, like you just mentioned, V. It's a level of insecurity that doesn't need to be there that we should be able to effectively do our jobs. I think one of the things that also used to bug me was I felt... Like I was in a position where I knew more than her on some things, just on certain particular emerging public health topics, like <clears throat> things that are co- consistently in development that I'm more aware of just because, you know, um, the access to technology that I have and the, and the, the technological prowess, if you will, I guess. Um, and I would explain things you know, in a way, uh, say for instance, my talking point always is not only social determinants of health, but the social, political, and systemic determinants of health. Because there are three different constructs in which we have to pay attention to how each of them, how the components of each affect our health. And I remember the first time I said it to her, and I was just, you know, talking to talking to shit like we was just talking and talk. And in a huge meeting in another instance, like the very next week, she repeated the same thing like it was her idea. And that was the very first time. I know people go through this all of the time, but it was such a shock to me because I was still in my 20s and it was the very first time that a, a manager had taken my idea, my knowledge and formed it as their own.
2: Credit, please. Give me my credit.
1: And when, but when, how do you even say that? You know what I mean. Like, how do you even approach that topic, especially if it's a black person in that position?
2: Just add it to my check, even if you don't say it out loud.
1: (laughs) I fucks with that. I fucks with that. But it was one of those instances where I was like, "Here we go. This is this is another. This is another time where I can't trust you." And so I just stopped teaching her stuff.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing that, like, we expect that from, like, our male counterparts. They do mm-hmm. this shit all the time. All the time. But, again, it, it's an extra, extra sting when it's a black woman who does it to you. Like, you've, no, this is, you, more, on more than one occasion, countless occasions, this has probably happened to you.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I know you felt some type of way.
1: Are you I mean, just and then you just it? did it right back to me. Exactly. Right? why
0: would you then do the same thing? I don't understand it. Explain it to me, Lucy. Explain it. I don't understand.
1: <laughs> explain it. And we said explain it. Let's take a break and talk about AB. We'll be right back.
0: <laughs> I'm rooting for um everybody black. <laughs> I am
3: <laughs> your girl V here with another all black everything. Looking for a full service event planning, management, and production company to make your next event memorable? Be sure to check out Events by Kenna. With 15-plus years' experience, Kenna can ease the burden that planning a stylish and professional event can bring. This isn't a sponsored ad, but a trusted Black business we encourage our listeners to support. Be sure to check her out for your next event.
1: And we are back after another All Black Everything. Um, So, V, why don't you bring us into how we as Black women can be better leaders and managers and bring other black women with us,
2: um so I feel like you know, in the the woes of these black women who have scarred us, um, just making sure that you are allowing an open door that you um also are being someone who's allowing open space for people or a comfortable space for people to come to you about some of those problems in the workplace when they're black, and that you not you don't have to necessarily sit up here and like completely validate them and yeah, girl, you're right. that person did that, but Definitely making sure that they're being, they felt being, uh, they're heard, but then also then being able to, you know, share with them how you overcame those obstacles. So if there's something that, you know, you saw as a point where you had to make a pivot or make some changes, or this is how you got to where you were, don't be that person who feels like the person who's coming to you and asking you about these things, is somebody coming for your job. There is more than enough jobs to go around. There is more than enough experience. There's more than enough benefit to go around. Don't try to limit it to you need to be the only Black woman in that spot with that rank, you know, with those credentials when it is something where we said in our last episode, Black women really can do it all. So this woman might get this credential that you have under her bill, but she might go off to the right and do something else with it. So just make sure that you, you know, if there's no more seats at the table, hell, pull her up a, a folding chair and make sure she has a spot to be in. Amen. In my experience, being a
1: manager of people and projects, I really just took on the notion of um, it's not going to be the we don't know how. If you want to do something, and and I used to tell them my onboarding process when a new team member would come on, the very first part was for them to give me one word of where they see their career in 10 years how do I get you there because you're not going to be here forever number one and you are not going to get there with the same skills that you came in here with that you started on my team with whether you came from another team or your external hire you're not gonna be able to get there with these same skills and so every time something would come up for me my my um the hill that I was ready to die on with my superior my black manager was If they want to do it, I'm going to let them do it because what else is stopping them? We ain't doing shit. We ain't doing shit else, but talking about doing shit. That's all we're doing every damn day. So if they want to go do something with the policy team, why can't they? Why can't they? Even if they have no experience, let them go sit in and offer that public health and that health equity expertise and then when it comes time for policy, they can sit back and listen and take notes. They can observe. They can build their network. So when they do get to the point where they want to contribute from a policy perspective, they can actually do that. And when I say policy, I mean like actual writing laws and
2: all that yeah, stuff. So I, I mean, honestly, it generally feels like you're saying, allow these people the opportunity for growth. Allow mobility. Don't do a once you get here, you stay here kind of thing, especially in your situation. If we ain't doing shit here, why come you trying to hold people here? Allow, allow room for mobility. I'm a huge person. So in the, uh, push for going abroad, I have a friend who I work with, a black woman. Uh, you know, she got a degree. Clearly she a teacher. She's you know, she's been doing a uh, reading specialist and, um, dyslexia for a while. So that already gives you a foot in the door. If you're trying to do something else, they see reading specialists and dyslexia folks and think, Oh God, it's the Holy grail. So she also is a single Black woman like myself, no kids, no husband. Guess what I tried to tell her to do? Hey, there's opportunities on the other side of them waters. If you down with it, I'll teach you the way. Because guess what? I have another Black woman who's also helping teach me the way. So I end up getting, going from perspective of, in my early years in education, having a Black woman who didn't support, she smiled in my face, brought me in. oh, we gonna do all these wonderful things together. But as soon as she got in front of all the rest of these white counterparts, all of the rest of her white colleagues, all these higher ups and admin, you don't know me and you don't know the black people you brought in. So to watch that happen, to watch this girl that, you know, I've uh, grown a friendship with, helped me literally every step of the way to go abroad, sent me, she said, as soon as my school opens up with some openings, I want you to send me your resume. Guess what she did? Hey, I know you've been applying for that one over there and you really want it, but hey, my school just opened up. I want to send your resume to my principal. Things like that. So guess what I've been doing? Paying it forward. As soon as this girl helped me out and told me all the steps and what to expect going abroad, I immediately reached out to my coworker and was like, hey, if you're ever interested, do these things. Start setting it up and lining up to do this. And I'm completely open to that because it needs to be us allowing mobility. You're not coming for what I'm coming for. And if we all stick to the mindset that what's for me is for me, I'm not going to feel challenged about you trying to go out there and get it. I'm just going to encourage you to go get it. Hell, I'm gonna be your biggest cheerleader. Cause once you get it, then maybe you'll hand it over to me. Maybe I can then hand it over to whoever needs to get to it. But it's just the support, like overall, allow the mobility. Don't be that person. Oh, oh don't be that person.
0: <laughs> well, I think in order to change those mindsets, the the structures of these employee, um employers and like just the environments have to change, and that's and that's really where a lot of this stems from. Is like I mean, you got oppression at every level in this in this country and that includes the corporate side, public health, education, all the all the facets of industry that we're talking about like um you can't separate <clears throat> um oppression out of everything cuz it's built into the fiber of this country. And so the only thing that I could say like right now is just really making sure we're advocating and using our voice cuz it's such a um I guess people are still listening, you know, like it's, it's still that we have the ear and we have the, the soapbox, the platform to kind of raise our concerns. And that's the biggest thing that I did Um, I can tell most people to do is just make sure like when those employee engagement surveys come out and they're anonymous, make shit plain. Like, because that's the only thing that's really going to help shift the dynamic is that they're making more, positions available for us so that that mentality can then dissipate not to say that we don't need to unlearn those behaviors it has to happen in you know simultaneously but I can't bring people behind me if you aren't actually recruiting for people that look like me like you have to have like there has to I can't just open up a position and like Pull budget out of my pull salary out of my budget without a green light approval or sign off or whatever. So that has to happen at the top, and the top needs to change too. The top the tops of the most of these organizations still a very white led, still a very male white male dominated. So it's like that part has to really shift in order to see like any significant amount of change. Now, when I do have somebody come on my team, like um, that is. Definitely, my mindset is probably to not over-rev, but to make sure that, like, I've learned a lot of what not to do. Like, I feel like sometimes, too, like, it'll be easy for us to overcompensate for our bad experience and try to make things, you know peaches and roses and everything for the next person but there's still going to be a reality of like you're going to come against people whose ideas clash with yours and you're still going to have to deal with the political bureaucracy stuff that it still exists so I want to be a realist in how I approach mentoring anybody or or <clears throat> supervising another black woman within my team or within the company or whatever um, that is that is like I guess my approach or outlook on it is like everything is not going to just, you know, change in an instant. And so you have to be co- cognitive. And I'm willing to share my, you know, my uh, um, experiences to help, you know, save, save some type of uh, stress and un- un- unnecessary pain for the next person. Absolutely. But um, I think it has to stop at the top. For,
2: for I uh I think like I didn't think to look at it that way and I'm glad that you spoke on that because I didn't think to look at it's really not um it's not that it's yes it's there's a needs to be room at the table but if you can't create that room it's because it does start at the top like you said it's that's white dominated yeah. and like, male dominated at that um looking at it like as the going in it's just like hey y'all we need to hear and help these black women out but if they're not giving us the money to help these black women out—they're not giving the mm-hmm. actual post, the actual they vacancies don't open the to door, help these- you know Yeah, but- if they don't open the door, give any vacancies to help them out, you can't. But if you can, then do these things. But in this case, you're right. Y'all are in, sadly, so professions where that making room is going to be hard because they already barely want you there. Right, and, and it and- was the last spot they gave.
1: <laughs> I will say, I, I I thought of it that way, but I didn't think to voice it on this episode because I feel I felt like people assume that but this but we are speaking with the assumption that you have the ability to manage black people black women yeah and so you behave a certain way when you do that and don't do certain things when you do that but also i wanted to say you hit something um the anonymous surveys as an evaluator i'm gonna just be real with y'all nothing is anonymous i can see who sent whatever but still speak up doesn't matter still speak up and speak out. I will say that what what Elle is talking about is one of those paradigm shifts that I don't have to experience in my profession because public health is all about population health and you can't make a healthy population if you don't help and serve underserved communities or communities of color. That, those two are not synonymous, so I want to make that clear. Black people doesn't mean poor. Brown people doesn't mean poor and vice versa. Um But for us, it's a lot of black women. It's a lot of women in public health and a lot of brown women in public health. And so for me, it's it hits me very differently because I understand That we are everywhere. And so when you, as a Black manager, behave in the ways that my previous manager did, you have no reason for this. Like, if I were in the design field, it would be different. If I were in pharmaceuticals, it would be different. If I were in medicine, it would be different. But in public health, there's a lot of Black women in this particular field. And so, you know, we are all out here doing great work. And like you said, V, we don't have to be coming for the same thing, even though we are coming for the same goal. We don't have to be coming for the same sort of niche or really carved out part of whatever we're doing. And for for our profession, the more, the better. Like I do need you to be doing the same thing that I'm doing because the more help that we can get, the better we're going to be able to disseminate interventions and just like with COVID-19 deploy these vaccines that's a large reason why we can't get them to underserved communities and communities of color is because we don't have enough people to put the shot in your fucking arm you know what i'm saying like we as public health folks we have to work with clinicians and medicine nurses and um doctors and and pharmacists and the The Army Reserve folks, I forgot the, the Medical Corps, like we have to get all of these people on the same accord so that we can't put the shot in your arm and if if you if and that's just in an in instance, but if you as a black manager are stopping other black team members from doing this work and doing it well just because, like I said, you're intimidated or you feel threatened or you want them all to yourself, like it helps nobody and I think that's why I'd be so heartbroken about it when even when I think about it now is because I have a lot I have see I was managed by her for like two and a half years. I have a lot of trauma in those two and a half years to work through and sort through before I can get on the other side of feeling comfortable. Girl one and a half and this. I
0: still have trauma. And it's been I, like I've had I've had other jobs in between. And I think what's crazy is like there's a part when I got this new role, like she popped up. She potentially could have been my boss again. And that Ooh. girl that one took me mm-hmm. out for almost a week. <laughs> like the, the notion that <laughs> y'all. Scarred.
1: I, I Scarred. Was, you just you just praying like please Lord, not, please, Lord, not, not no. triggered.
0: Like I was like damn near in tears driving home after that day of work when I found out because it has just been it was too much it's is it's way too much and it's like it was literally PTSD and the amount of things that you go through and and, and it's like it, it's just so weird like what's that um you know like the the funny mirrors that you go through with the, um, the and, the, and the, the scary house and all that it's like you're looking at yourself and it's just this like not not me particularly but like someone that looks like me and how would you do this to me you know what i mean it's it's just and you 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 called me i didn't call you you know what i mean like i had got rejected from the internship you know i moved on i kept applying you just keep hustling so then you bring me in and you bring me into your mess and then my, your, now you're trying to follow me
1: and then and how do you you can't for me it was like no matter what i am never going to be responsible for bringing another black woman down in the workplace unless she was just out right here on some rico shit or like money launder or you know something crazy but like i was never going to bring be the one because nobody liked her like nobody but i wasn't going to be the one to contribute to that and so then you just have you feel this guilt for not saying anything because you're still dealing with it. And you know, the other black woman behind you are going to have to deal with it, but you also don't have anywhere to go. Like what? And sometimes I would just break down and cry and just be like, I just got to call my mentor. Cause that's, that's the only black woman in this particular instance that I know. That's a safe space. And that's crazy because you have other black peers at the organization that don't work for her, but don't like her and have heard all these other things. things. And then you're like, well, I can't really speak on it. Because what? Because I don't want us as Black women to be responsible for her demise. True. And and, and then, but it, then it's like,
2: but, but when do we get to a too, point? Though, because yeah, she's
1: responsible for her behavior. And that's, that's what I was
2: just about doing. to say. But you know, it's that's a different weight to, to be held on your shoulders when you look at it in the in that context of like. I had a I contributed in some way to it, and like it's just different when. Of course, she wouldn't. The thing, the odd thing about it is, she would not look at it like that if she was bringing you down. She doesn't see it as a black woman and then you know contributing to your demise. But as soon as you feel like being the bigger person, would when they go low, you go all this other stuff. The moment that you start to look at it, like I don't want to go low on this woman, I don't want to be there. She's not thinking the same thing, so you got to toy with that in your mind. At the end of the day, like you, you did what was right. I mean, stepping away is probably one of the best things you could do. It's one. This it, the only
1: thing, and because I got to a point, and I'm not gonna cry when I say this, but I got to a point where I looked around the team, and she was just hiring light skinned, curly haired girls left and right, mm-hmm. and I just the couple people she passed on to either be a part of the team when she got there that were already in the organization or to hire not a couple people a few people there was a there was an undeniable pattern that i could not explain to our white HR VP. you understand mm. what i'm saying
2: because they can't understand color they can't understand color group right they, so like, and they also black. perpetuated she's, we all she's we black Yeah, I mean, yeah, they perpetuated in, okay, she's in the likeness of me. What is, what's the problem here? Exactly. And, and I,
1: I got to the the point where I couldn't continue to just complain to my mentor all the time, even though she was, I mean, she's a champ. Like she was just left and right, giving me advice, telling me to keep my head up, praying for me, things like that, telling me how to navigate certain situations. Like when she told me to write down what I needed to work on, that came from my mentor. Like, no, you need to write her a list of accomplishments because you brought a lot to that fucking organization. Um but i it was it was it was are you Peter Pan or are you Uncle Tom? Mm-hmm. or are you Uncle Ruckus? At this point, you see what's going on. You see that she's hiring black people of a certain color who speak a certain way, right? who can mm-hmm. when I say speak a certain way, I mean code switch a certain way mm-hmm. um you You see that she's hiring uh black women who will not challenge her. So what are you, why are you here? So you need to ask yourself, you can do this work anywhere else. So why are you still here? And it was just at that point where I couldn't, I couldn't justify that to myself anymore. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I Mm. think that's interesting when you say something about challenge, like, because the thing about it, like, I, I think that was like where I started to get a lot of pushback too, is when I would challenge like her critique or like, I mean, and it's, and it's not, to say I didn't want to take her advice but in the realm of design (laughs) it's all about the critique I had had rounds and rounds of reviews for hours like we'd have walkthroughs and literally I get in early prepare my boards whatever arrangements I had for like textiles leather everything everything that you would imagine going in your vehicle that you sit in every day that's literally what I had to like put together and we'd have these very elaborate presentations but like you know I would never challenge we would have critique and like VPs would come in and they'll ask you questions and you have to you know defend your work it's it's not a it's a fluid thing it's not never a negative thing it's a thing to help everyone understand the concept push the concept forward you know, develop it further. And so, like, those are the, that's like a a back and forth conversation constantly. So anytime she would say something and I'd ask a question like, well, what what is it that, you know, about this particular finish or this particular color, you know, that that doesn't resonate in the way that I'm trying to, you know push for it in this in this concept or the storytelling or whatever. And she she never really could give me a solid explanation. But those are the instances where it felt like okay, I became enemy number one. You know, it's like, oh, you don't want to listen to me? Well, fine, I'm going to make your life hell. Like, you know what I mean? It just became such a big um thing where I'm like, I'm just trying to seek to understand here and you can't if you can't explain me or articulate to me but then I realized that she has a speech issue like she's very conscious about her writing like I literally had to sit on her like little file cabinet stool one day and help her draft emails because she's so subconscious about how she writes how she speaks and and I'm like okay but I don't want to have to pay a penalty for that like if you need time to think about it Or if you need to write out your, because like even now in my current role, like we'll have hour long presentations, like I mean, four hours sometimes, like for every category to go through. And that's a lot of information to digest. So our leaders will go back and just write notes or like, you know, send an email out about everything that they've seen because you have to have time to process. So instead of doing that, she just became like, oh, well. I'm going to take you off of this, or I'm going to, you know, make you do this BS type of project or do this. It just became so ridiculous. And it all is at the, the, what the crux of it is like insecurity. And that's what we talked about at the beginning too. It's just like the bottom line is you have to be willing to, be okay with people gonna come in more advanced than you people gonna have you know more
1: technology come on Beyonce Beyonce (laughs) says she said it's gonna be a a, somebody to sing better than me they're gonna dance better than me and that's fine but I'm still gonna work hard as hell
0: right and it's like and no one's gonna take away like she's the only black design chief in a automotive period like, you know, no one can take that part away from her. But the fact that you're not willing to then, you know, like you want to at the one point, you want to see all these people and you know, add these, like, my start of her career is at, you know, because of her. And so is a lot of other people's. But it's like, I don't, I mean, it's hard for me to explain. It's like, it's like, that's at the same time, the reason why she does the things that she does. it's, is, it is, it's just, it's, it's crazy.
1: It's, is a lot of time meanness is rooted in secu- insecurity, mm-hmm. And, and when you recognize that, that's what, that's what I recognize. And that's how I was able to get through, through the rest mm-hmm. of the five years that I was at my previous organ. I was able to really excel even in the midst of, you know, right. um, but it, it's hard to even when you recognize it, it's still hard to grapple with that. Mm. Um, anyway, well, let's take another break for ABE. We'll be right back. <laughs> I'm rooting for um, everybody black. <laughs> I am.
3: <laughs> hey, y'all, it's about that time to clock out and wind down. <laughs> Add a little black girl magic wine to your after work hour self-care routine. Carried by major distributors like Total Wine or your nearest specs, what's your thing? White, red, sweet, maybe dry, blend, sparkle? Pour up a glass of magic, not a sponsor ad, but a trusted brand and thank us later.
1: We are back to wrap up the Clocking In Podcast and we are gonna do something a little different this week. We are going to give you guys a quote to carry into the rest of the week for you. And maybe you will use it in your everyday lives going forward. So who wants to go first?
2: As all of you know, this will be my third time mentioning this. um, I have been offered a letter of intent or a contract to teach in Dubai. Um, As this seems to be the perfect opportunity to go abroad, uh, it comes with its own problems and woes. And and it's not fear of getting the job done. It's just fear of mistreatment where I go. Um, so I do have a quote to kind of help push me through the week. Uh, Don't be pushed around by the fears in your mind. Be led by the dreams in your heart. Roy T. Bennett, and this also comes from his book, The Light in the Heart. Uh, This is something that you guys can take with you if you're challenged with some anxiety about the upcoming week, um, and if it's starting to toy with either your sleep, your mind, your heart, Just make sure that you're still being led by the dreams that you know that you have. So still tackle those goals.
1: Come on. I love it. That was beautiful. Um, So in keeping in line with the episode that we are talking about and the topic, I really, this is a quote that got me through several instances that I just mentioned. We've got a responsibility to live up to the legacy of those who came before us by doing all that we can to help those who come after us. Michelle Obama and I hope that gives you some peace and that you can understand that even if it be your own people you still have a responsibility go ahead Elle
0: yeah so I I, while we were in between breaks I went and hustled up um I keep this uh bible like study sheet that uh I actually got the day that I pretty much got let go from that job (laughs) That we're talking about where our uh mm, poor black, black female managers i mean um not living in a life of excellence but this this series this study um or series was was a life of excellence and the thing i think i mean there's tons of scriptures in here that i just keep just to like help remind me like you've come so far like you know god has delivered you from a lot even though it was painful and um it, it, it really has taught me a lot. But the first one that I'm going to share is a uh, Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that this will, you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And so... That come on preach! like told me come on
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's one of that, my favorites
0: right that just told me like my work was not wasted you know I did everything I could in excellence um and it's just something I keep as a reminder like as a as deliverance and the thing about it um that has even like come back you know twofold too. like not only did like I have that instance when I started this new job where you know, she kind of popped up again, but in my previous role before this company, I was able to help, um, you know, my form, my immediate, well, I guess it's twice immediate former manager. (laughs) It's funny how life just be moving fast girl. But, um, my manager, when I worked at another, um, competitor company, she went through some similar stuff with her manager. And it wasn't until like she opened up to me that I was able to pour into her about my my situation that happened to me in the auto industry, because I could see the patterns of it, and outside and you know what was happening. I'm like, damn, this shit is extra familiar. You know what I mean? And and when she was able, that's how we got close. It's like when she opened up to me, I was able to tell her about the things that I went through. um, working in the auto industry and help her kind of navigate um her situation. So it wasn't for me, you know, I learned a lot, but I'm also able to share a lot. And I think hopefully like us having this show, um, talking about this experience, uh, and if we and if and if there's like more appetite to hear about it in detail, like I'm I'm sure we'll able to kinda go a little bit deeper. But this was Meant to for me to share, um, to help other women, not only and and not just black women of color, because my my former manager that I was able to like get close with, she's she's a uh Chinese American, so um, it 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 happens in so many instances, so it
1: does. Well, come on, somebody, work as if you are working for the Lord. Mm-hmm. I take that with me every day, I love it. Yeah, um, well, we're done, we're about to clock out. We hope we have touched somebody, at least one person, and you can benefit from what we've said today and one of our stories. So we'll see y'all next time. Peace. Bye. Nice. Bye.